ain't no joke. I used to let the mic smoke. Now I slam it when I'm done and make sure it's broke. When I'm gone, no one gets on. Cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd and watch the people wonder. Damn, but think about it, then you understand. I'm just an addict addicted to music. Maybe it's a habit. I gotta use it. Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm. I hook a beat up, convert it into hip-hop form. Write a rhyme and graffiti in every show you see me in. Deep concentration, cause I'm no comedian. Jokers are wild if you wanna be tame. I treat you like a child and you're gonna be named. Another enemy, not even a friend of me. Cause you'll get fried in the end when you pretend to be competing. Cause I just put your mind on pause and I complete when you compare my rhyme with yours. I wake you up and as I stare in your face, you seem stunned. Remember me? The one you got your idea from. But soon you start to suffer. The tuna get rougher when you start to stutter. That's when you had enough of fighting it to make you choke. You can't provoke, you can't cope. You should have broke because I ain't no joke. joke, joke. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Rob Genius Podcast. We are halfway through August, which means for some of y'all, school's already back in session. Here, where I am, it's still got another few weeks, and I, look, I hope and pray that y'all's school systems are not run by crazy people, but unfortunately, that's the case for way too many of y'all, so... um. It sucks. Um, I really wish that everybody wasn't, or that so many people weren't in such a rush to, you know, quote unquote, get back to normal that they'd be taking this risk. I, look, I know I went off on this last week, so I'm not going to, you know, do a whole lot on it this week. But it didn't, it, like, it didn't get any smarter as a thing to do, you know, over the last seven days. It just didn't. But um, speaking of which, this week's show is devoted almost entirely to college football. And, you know, and I got a nice conversation here with a friend of mine, Mr. Ray Cash from Chair Shop Media. Yeah, normally we talk wrestling with each other on Twitter or when I go on one of the shows he's on. But this week, He's going. He's coming on. We're going to talk college football and also um, just a few kind of anecdotal things, you know, societal kind of things, or, you know, around college football and coronavirus and all that stuff. And I was on actually with uh, Ray on one of the shows he runs, Three Man Weave, part of Chair Shot Media. I was on there this week. You can go find that wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I've been on uh, the other show he's on, Outsider's Edge. I've been on there a few times. I'll be on there soon again. So, look, it'd be fun to have him here. He's the first guest on the show. As y'all know, it's normally me running my mouth the whole time and playing y'all some music and hoping that y'all don't fall asleep while I'm talking, <laughs> you know, while you're waiting for the next song. <laughs> So this week I actually have a, a, a person to talk to this week, and we ended up going almost an hour. So that that's going to be like most of the show. But anyway, um, as you heard, that was 
Eric B. and Rakim bringing us in today. They will be the musical guest for the week. You know, and as always, if you're around my age or close to my age, you know who they are and you're very familiar with them. So, nice trip down memory lane. If by some chance you were not familiar with them, I hope this gets you to go check them out some more. They're, again, another one of those rap groups that, you know, big in the 80s and 90s and got thrown away a little too quickly. So they're here for this week. And, you know, I got the idea to go with them because Rakim actually gave a kind of invite slash challenge to Big Daddy Kane to do a versus thing. So hopefully that comes together. And, you know, since I had Big Daddy Kane as the music last week, I figured it would make sense to go with Rakim this week. Hope that comes together. Those, those two guys are two guys who need to be in a versus thing. And anyway, not going to ramble on too much, too long here. We're going to get right to it. And be right back after a few minutes of song here from Eric B. and Rakim. <laughs> Town. I grew up on a sidewalk while on street talk and they taught the whole New York. I go to Queens for Queens to get the food from Brooklyn. They pony in Manhattan and never been took it. Go uptown to the Bronx and boogie down. Get strong on the island, recoup and lay around. Time to build my juice back up. Pop stack up. Suckers get smacked up. Don't doubt the clout. You know what I'm about. Knocking niggas off. Knocking niggas out. Shaking them up. Waking them up. Breaking them up. Breaking them up. Standing on shaky ground. Too close to the edge. Let's see if I know the ledge. Shorties here, I get cocked in living forties to beer. Here's a sip with the crew that's deceased. If I get revenge, then they rest in peace. Somebody got a tough, I just might spare one. And give a brother a fair one. Stay alert and on peace. And I do work with these like Hercules. Switch to South Pole, switch to right draw. Cause I don't like y'all. I'm hyper night ball. Smooth, but I move like an army. Put a crew down, face brothers try to bomb me. Put brothers to rest like Elliot Ness. I don't like stress. Streets ain't a place for innocent bystanders to stand. Nothing's gonna stop the plan. I'll chill like Latino, kill like the middle. Black and Bino, die like a hero. Living on shaky ground, too close to the edge. Let's see if I know the ledge. Alright, we're back. And the big story this week is college football. Because, like, the shoes are just dropping here one after another. over the weekend there were some meetings and you know that's when like the basically rumors and the gossip started to come out that the you know power five conferences may start pulling the plug here on 2020 you know nothing was announced yet but that's it just started to build from there and then fast forward to Tuesday, and that's when the bombs started dropping. Hit the first, it was Big Ten said we're done for 2020, not happening. And then shortly after, Pac-12, you know, followed up. 
by saying they were done. They were not going to have a season in 2020. Now, before those announcements came, you had some noise being made by some some of the coaches there, uh, like Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, Scott Frost, and I think Nebraska, I believe. You know, they were making basically a last-ditch effort for their Big Ten conference to not cancel the season. And there were just some crazy rumors about, well, if we're not going, if if they're going to cancel the season, maybe we'll, you know, see about getting in with some other conference for 2020 or whatever. And that's just outrageous nonsense because there's all type of legal stuff you got to do to to do that kind of thing and pay out a lot of money too. So that just wasn't going to happen. But you know the 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 man to to paid attention to this whole time is you know Howard Feinbaum, the ESPN. Of course, he's known as a SEC guy, but you know, he'd been saying for a while that you know that SEC playing in 2020 was probably not going to happen. And look, he talks to people. He's got contacts. And so if he if he was going out there saying all that, then that means he's getting it from somebody, he's talking to somebody, so he's not just making this stuff up. So he's on ESPN this week on Tuesday morning, and just was saying point blank that the medical people are saying do not play with no equivocation or kind of hedging or anything. Just that, no, bad idea. Do not play in 2020. So when these, you know, when these coaches and officials are saying, "Well, we're waiting to get all the facts," they got the facts. Okay, it's just a matter of whether or not, it's just a matter of accepting them, basically. And then once you accept them, then I mean, there's really nothing to do but to cancel the season. But these folks are not, you know, again, SEC, ACC, Big Twelve are not. Trying to do that. No, they're 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 holding out hope, and they're going to drag it out as long as they can before they make a decision. But you best believe that, you know, that decision is going to be to not play. Period. End of story. Because to play, basically, you have to look at your medical people and say, "I don't care." And you have to look at your legal department, which is been telling all these folks that they're going to be on the hook for liability. It doesn't matter whether you got people to sign a waiver or not. They're going to be on the hook for liability for anybody that catches COVID-19. And it's just it's too much. It's just too much, you know. So Big Ten and Pac-12 did this week what everyone else is going to eventually do. And by the time you hear this, they may, they may have already done it. So don't fall for the brand new tailpipe, folks. Just don't. And that's all I'm going to say on college football myself because after the break, I have a special guest. The first ever guest on the show. And we're going to talk college football and maybe some other stuff too. And... I will introduce him to all of you after a little music, some more from Eric B. and Rakim. 
Be right back. Yo, Rockin', what's up? Yo, I'm doing the knowledge, E, man. I'm trying to get paid in full. Well, check this out. Since Norby Walters is our agency, right? True. Carol Lewis is our agent. Word up. Zakia and Fourth and Broadway is our record company. Indeed. Okay, so who we rolling with then? We rolling with Rush. Our Rush Town Management. So check this out. Since we talking over this deaf beat right here that I put together, I want to hear some of them deaf rhymes. You know what I'm saying? And together, we can get paid in full. Full, 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 full. Thinking of a master plan. This ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand. So I dig into my pocket, all my money spent. So I get deep up, still coming up for lint. So I start my mission, leave my residence. Thinking how could I get some dead presidents? I need money. I used to be a stick-up kid. So I think of all the devious things I did. I used to roll up. This is a hole up. Ain't nothing funny. Stop smiling. You still don't nothing move but the money. But now I learn to earn cause I'm righteous. I feel great. So maybe I might just search for a nine to five. If I strive. Then maybe I'll stay alive So I'll walk up the street Whistling this Feeling out of place Cause man do I miss A pen and a paper A stereo A taper Me and Eric being A nice big plate of fish Which is my favorite dish But without no money It's still a wish Cause I don't like to dream About getting paid So I dig into the books Of the rhymes that I made So now it's a test To see if I got pulled Hit the studio Cause I'm paid full I can Check this out Yo, you go to your girl's house and I go to mine Cause my girl is definitely mad Cause it took us too long to do this album Yo, I hear what you're saying So let's just pump the music up And count our money Alright everybody, we're back And I have uh, my first ever guest On the show this week This is uh, my friends One of my fellow Contributors over at Chair Shop Media I've been on a couple of his shows there. This is the first time coming on with me. So uh, please welcome Mr. Ray Cash. How you doing, first Ray? First ever guest, huh? Good. First ever guest, huh? Yes, that's right. Yes, you are the first. Yeah, I've been on well, with I- you, and, you and Kyle on Outsider's Edge. I've been on with you and Chris Platt on Three Man Weave and Chair Shot Radio. So now you are the first guest of the Rather Genius Podcast. Well, I appreciate you having me on, and I appreciate your heavy monetary donation to my bank account. <laughs> anytime, brother. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's, it's it's good to be on with you for a change. This is that's what's up. I'm excited. Yeah. So, uh, just let y'all know. Originally, we were going to talk some pro wrestling, but so much yeah. stuff happened. So much stuff happened with college football, and to those of y'all who listen. To me, no, I've been hitting college football at least for a few minutes every week because just so much stuff is transpiring during all the pandemic and all that. And, you know, and y'all know I talk pandemic talk a whole lot, too. So that's what we're going to go with this week. And Ray, will, you know, uh, me and Ray, will, will we'll talk pro wrestling some other time. But, you know, some some more urgent things kind of jumped out this week. So we're going to hit those. So, all right, Ray, so you're in Houston. So, yes, sir. so what was it like down there dealing with all this COVID-19 stuff? So I would say originally 
that it was pretty crazy, but you, you know, we're in the South, so we're in the area where people don't care about facts. <laughs> so they just been wilding out. They just do what they did. It's hilarious how we went from we don't care to everybody scared to back to we don't care again. So wow. I'm I've been lucky enough that the overwhelming majority of people I've been around have worn masks. But oh, I oh. see pictures and video all every day, all day long, of bars or clubs or grocery stores or just you know, fully fully full areas of people and they just like yeah another day man because i'm up here in maryland and so what for us well the big problem we have here is people having parties and stuff at their houses Mm -hmm. like i mean at least where i'm at like you don't see like the restaurants aren't bad and we still have like a things statewide like masks order basically you can't just so if you go in stores and whatnot you, you gotta wear them but yes yeah, um problem here is the party people have parties at their houses and all this stuff and yeah. look i'm hey i mean they lucky i'm not a governor because look i would find out if i found out where they were i would fly like a crop duster over their house and just unload <laughs> on them <laughs> or something because people are stupid, man, and uh, oh, they're not taking this seriously. And I mean, thankfully, I haven't lost anybody to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I've had it. I mean, like one of my cousins, well, a couple of my cousins have had it, and my barber had it. He was in the hospital. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, he was texting us from the hospital, and like. It, it didn't, you know, and this was this was early on when, you know, when every we all thought that if you caught it, you were dead. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was like back in March, and he was texting us from the hospital, and man, yeah, it man, it, so thankfully he recovered. Thank God he recovered. You know, he's good but, now. But that's <laughs> that's the thing, though, Rob. Um, that I don't know. What can you legally do to make people wear masks? Because they have the stay at home uh, or or shelter at they have the shelter at home um, alerts. They've and they've and put in mask injunctions that you'll get fines, but nobody's getting fined. There's only so many police. There's only so much you know, so much people that can regulate these things so like what can you really do and you can't go in somebody's house that's a, that's unconstitutional against the law unless your name yeah. is Breonna Taylor you can't yeah. go in the house exactly. so like, what do you do because I mean I, this is really just man it's, it's showing just kind of the cracks in our society man because basically like you said having these even having a mask order you're still just you're depending on people acting right yeah. And like we're seeing that with like in sports with like the baseball players, right? These, you know, they're not, you know, they're not in the bubble and some of these clowns are still going out and all this stuff and whatnot. So, Homie just got in trouble for that the other day. He went yeah. out to, a, what was it, a strip club or a bar or something? Yeah. And stupid, man. Yes, yeah, so, I mean it's yeah, I mean 
because my dad used to, my dad used to always tell me, like, look, you know, rules are for people who are already going to follow. That's real. Yeah. That's real. You know, and I mean, society is dependent on people basically choosing to follow the rules. I mean, and, and you know, there's always going to be a few people who don't, but in order for it to work, you need the vast majority of the people to just agree to follow the rules. <laughs> because It's crazy that society is basically based on the hope, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, but, I mean, so, you know, like, like we have to choose to be a society, basically. Because, and if enough people decide that they don't want to, they just want to do their own thing, then, you know, I mean, ultimately, it's not going to work. And, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, this is this is revealing a lot of stuff. And just and like I was saying when I was on with y'all last night, um, another thing is revealed is just how everybody's broke, basically. Everybody's paycheck to paycheck, even if, you know, you're a big corporation, big corporations are paycheck to paycheck. Like, everybody's broke. Well, it's y- y'all said it perfectly last night. Nobody has liquid assets. There is there is no cash flow. The world has not the world. Let me change that. The country has seemingly either depleted its cash flow, which is factually true, but it also has seemingly moved away from cash flow because, like you said, and you said it pointedly last night, everybody living on credit. Credit ran out eventually. Yeah. And um, because even like I mean, some of the NBA owners, like especially like the yeah. owners, like the ones who just bought in recently, billionaires. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're like leveraged all the way up to their forehead, man. I mean, it's um. So as soon as some of their other businesses had to stop running, man, they would. I mean, it was it wasn't looking too good for them for real. You know, because um, I think oh, because the the guy who owns the Rockets, right? You Tillman, know? yeah, yeah. yeah like, he owns a bunch of uh, he owns he owns a chain of uh, restaurants. Yeah, he's yeah. a restaurant tour. Yeah. So as soon as um, so look, as soon as that stuff had closed down, he was short. Yeah, and he make bank off those restaurants, but then if you don't go, yeah, yeah, and um, like even now because. I think it was like was it Disney World or Disneyland or whatever. Even though they open everything back up, like you know, crazy people. I mean, they're still not getting the same amount of crowds because I mean, some people ain't trying to go right now. But so, but think about an entity like Disney, right? So we already know that their Disney parks brings in like a ridiculous amount of money. That's yeah. one thing. But also, too, the massive the massive amount that their movie studio and their TV studio brings in. And they're moving. Nobody's going to theaters. They just had to bite the bullet and they're releasing Mulan, which is supposed to be a multi billion dollar grossing film, especially in China, let alone here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, they, they're going to have to release that on uh, Disney Plus. And they're doing it for $30 a pop because that's the only way they feel like they can recoup some percentage of, of what they would get in a movie theater. So it's like, think th- just just think about it. The past two, the last two 
the last three Marvel movies, and that's just one subset of the Disney Enterprises uh, movie studio. The last three Marvel movies have grossed over three and a half billion dollars. Just three movies. Yes. Yeah. Did that go away? And you expecting that? Now Marvel had three movies on the slate. I think Disney, as a company, had twenty, maybe fifteen, or something like that. Yeah. Think, think about that loss. You expecting that money? You've already put that money in your budget to say we got it, and you ain't got it. What do you do? Yeah, and so they got no movie money for this year, and they didn't have any theme park money money coming in either. And then yeah, when you look at and then like with the theme parks. Who knows what they're paying on real estate? Oh, that's a good point. And, well, luckily, luckily they own practically the whole city. Okay. So, but you're right. Not California, though. Yeah. So, I mean, they're paying on real estate. They're paying park maintenance and all that stuff. And with no money coming in. So, as you know, high and mighty as Disney is, they were out here hurting. I mean, mm-hmm. and again, it's because, and this, you know, again, it comes down to like everybody's Disney, Disney's paycheck to paycheck. And if Disney paycheck to paycheck, you can't complain. Yeah. And, you know, basically, you know, all these businesses were just basically they're operating on the assumption that this money was going to keep coming in. Uh, you know, because nothing like this has really happened in our lifetime. So nobody, nobody yeah. playing for it. And you, and you know, Rob, it's sad because these are the reasons why. And it's never. I'm not. I'm not explain. I'm not. I'm not trying to stand up for it. But you know, facts are facts. These are the reasons why you have layoffs. Because even if a cup like and you know we're wrestling people, WWE laid off a lot of people, and they. They reported like their highest quarter they may have ever recorded from a. I don't think it was profits. I think it was revenue. Um, and people are like, "Whoops, you didn't have to fire those people." Well, you're right. They probably didn't. But the problem is, when it comes to business and money, there's a of the what I believe is fiduciary responsibility to make money for people who have for your shareholders, yeah. right? So when you have all this money, Disney's the perfect example, like we've been talking about. You got. Well, honestly, with billion with Disney, probably trillions of dollars that you're expecting to come in quarter by quarter, and literally, literally, there are some multi-billion-dollar um, assets that that makes that Disney expects every quarter that are reporting nothing. Yeah, like not a little bit, like nah. Disney Parks reported nothing for like three months, for like four quarters. Yeah, and no, they were. so somebody got to somebody that money got to come from somewhere, and it ain't gonna come from Michael Eisner, ain't gonna come from Vince McMahon. No, it's gonna come from the people in the mailroom, and it's messed up, but it's facts. And like Disney laid off like thousands. Oh yeah, and. I mean, it's. I mean, it's it's messed up, and 
and again, and a lot of it is just that kind of cold-hearted business kind of thing. And and look, on, and on a personal level, look, I mean, you, we absolutely should frown on the people that do this, make those decisions. You know, because yeah, I, you know, we we don't have to have you know, we don't have to have we don't have to set things up so that you have to, you know serve the shareholders first. That's a choice, you know, that we've made as a society, basically. You know, when it comes to having publicly traded companies, that you have to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, like, well, so you I mean, you can recognize that, and then, but at the same time, you know, the, the, the game is the game. And whether they're, you know, Doing that just because they personally want to do it, or they're doing it because they got to serve the shareholders. It's it just that's the way it's going to be. And I don't know. I guess what I was hoping is that all of this would, you know, get up people to take a, a harder look at how things are set up. Because you know, look, this is you know presidential election year, and. I mean, there are, a lot of, there, are, there are a lot of people who wholeheartedly believe that we needed a, just a different economic system than, you know, than what we have now. And what I was hoping, sure, what I was hoping, is that some of those folks would take advantage of this opportunity, you know, of what's going on now, to maybe to try and, you know, get some information out about it because right now, like, look, I mean, socialism is still basically is. It's like a four-letter word, you know, to a whole lot of folks. And, but, you know, I mean, our our economy has um, a lot of socialist elements to it already. But people don't see it that way because just the, you know, the conversation never goes in that direction. Well, and the, and the capitalistic elements are the ones that get, they're the cool ones. They're the ones that get yeah. the headlines. Bill Gates dropped out of high school, not dropped out, but dropped out of college, wasn't very good in school, and now he's worth a hundred plus billion dollars. That story is a lot better than, oh, well, this this community is thriving and ate for an ate correct right for twenty plus years. The Bill Gates story sells more sells more tickets. Yeah. Yeah. And um or like with you know, with professional sports even. All right, so I mean these teams have Publicly financed stadiums. Well, that's oh yeah, yeah. That's you know that's not capitalism. <laughs> you know that's that's <laughs> socialism, right? You know I mean, or you know, like the NFL. You know, they got revenue sharing, so they agreed to share all the you know all the TV money. They agreed to share it equally. You know, even though you know Jerry Jones could easily come out and say, "Well, a whole lot more people watch the Cowboys than watch the Cleveland Browns." So I should get a whole lot more of the TV money. You know, they, you they, know what, Rob? They agree to share the TV money equally, and that's that's communism, basically. You know, you know, but you know what? That, what I think, what I attribute that to, and this is going to be a random tangent, but you'll know where I'm, where I'm going. It's the same. It comes from the same place as the outrage of a, the Black Lives Matter slogan. People hear something. And they automatically associate with what, whatever the first thing comes to their mind, without researching it or learning about it or caring about it. So, to your point, 
everything you said is 100% socialism. Even sometimes, right, like you said, dipping in the toe of communism. But people aren't thinking about it that way. But if you were to tell the average person on the street, oh, well, socialism is, is, is a good idea for this or for that, they'd be offended. Well, why? You don't know what socialism really is. Then. Just like if I were to say Black Lives Matter and someone responds with All Lives Matter, well, clearly All Lives Matter if the Black ones do. So why are you offended? Yeah. So it's just, I think it's just a lack of either ignorance of not wanting to care or know or legit not knowing and refusing to figure out because it doesn't make any sense when you see the facts. Exactly. And I mean, some of it is just what we've been taught, right? I mean, because look, I mean, you know, look, I grew up in the 80s and during that whole decade, you know, you know. Well, Tom, we, I don't know how much you're older than me, so you would know better. But I don't know how much of it is, of it was communism is bad or Russia is bad, and because Russia is communist, it's well, that's, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. What it was. Okay, well, that's what I always thought. Yeah, that's exactly what it was, and because you know, Russia was, you know, Russia's bad. Russia's communist, so communism is bad too, and. You know, we can just completely ignore, you know, things in our own, you know, society that are in communist, basically. Like, you know, like, like for example, like getting back to NFL, they split the TV money equally. That's that's communism, basically. They have, you know, a draft instead of just letting people, you know, go to whoever's you know willing to sign them out of college. They have basically. They have a, you know, they have a centrally controlled hiring process. But, but you know, so the difference, no, you're right. But I think the reason, another reason people don't put that in their minds and think about it that way is the NFL is a private organization. So I don't have to work for them. They're a privately owned company with, owned by 32 owners, right? Who have hired a guy to run the league. So they could do whatever they want. It's different than a country saying this is how this is how your money is going to be spent. This is how you're going to have to live in your society. Now, I'm not saying one is right, one is wrong, or the other, but it looks a lot better when it doesn't touch you. Yeah. So. Oh, but I mean, it's I, I love how we're kind of making these parallels to sports because look what's happening in college football now. And all of this is kind of making gets making, making his own headway in sports with these kids because they're not going to school right now. No. And if you're going to force them to play, which clearly isn't happening for a bunch of the, of the major um, conferences, but devil's advocate, if you were to force them to play, then the then the then the the argument of oh well they're student athletes doesn't exist. It's gone. Well, yeah, because they're not being students. So why are they still there? Like nobody is on campus. No other students are on campus right now, except for the athletes. So you can't tell me that's a student athlete. Exactly, and so I mean, because basically. Look, the whole college sports system is basically it's been a big scam for a while. 
and what's going on you know is well the like the issue that the kind of dilemma they have now is there's no way to actually have a safe football season without exposing the the sham that it is basically because <laughs> yeah. in order to have a safe to have in order to have a totally safe football season you got to do the same thing that the you know NBA are doing and all that and you got to have a boat and you can't do that with people you're not paying. <laughs> I mean, like to do that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you start doing that, and then, and then also, like you know, putting them up with a hotel is an extra benefit. You know, under NCAA rules, you know, you know, bringing all their food to them would be an extra benefit under NCAA rules. So you got to break all those rules to actually have a safe, have a totally safe college football season. You'd have to break all those NCAA amateur rules. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so, I mean, so doing right by your students, it's against it's against the you know, and th- that reminds me of uh, this is another quick tangent, but I remember when Jimmer uh, Fredette was playing with BYU, and the other kid who was the second best player on the team, he uh, got suspended because he drank some tea and had sex with his girlfriend. It's like you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, I mean, because, because well, I mean, because the to maintain the the sham or to maintain the illusion, you have to treat them like, you know, all the other students <laughs> on campus. But now, yeah, now yeah. they finally run into a situation now where, in order to have their season, they can't treat them like the other students on campus. <laughs> they got to treat them like 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 people and the and the and the money making athletes that they are. Yeah, because the one thing that's not being talked about in this whole situation is these schools, just like we talked about with Disney, these schools need that revenue that those kids bring in. Nobody's talking about that enough. Right. They need they need all that TV revenue and and the gate revenue and um, the bowls, the bowl revenue that they get. And, and everything that comes with the jersey revenue, merch, all the stuff that comes with football, basketball, baseball, and the more and the money making sports seasons in, co- in colleges. How do you think all those buildings aren't built by just boosters? No, you know what I'm saying? No. So, like, how do you think they're making that money? Right, and then in this case, you know, and now you're asking them basically to go into a even more hazardous situation here. And, you know, where they, I mean, look, they should get hazard pay if they're playing. But, of course, if you pay them, they're not amateurs anymore. <laughs> right? So, again, you guys, Well, they were never amateurs before. Well, they were As you said. And for, I mean, for those of y'all who aren't, don't know, the whole term student-athlete is basically, it's a legal designation so they don't have to treat them like employees. That's Basically, it it's it's the school version of independent contract. Yeah, and it's it's not like a, just a clever choice of words or something or some label somebody came up with. They, because um, I forgot what year it was, but it was several decades ago. They were basically about to get put on the hook to have to give players like workman's comp for getting injured. 
And to get around that, they came up with the terms through NAPI. I mean, there's, there are more details to it than that, but ultimately, you know, labeling them student athletes got them out of having to possibly pay them workman's compensation for getting injured. So I've got a question for you. Yeah. There have been rumors of there possibly being a new entity to rival the NCAA or that the students and should just come together and create their own entity. But hypothetically, do you think that essentially this season being stopped, because we didn't have no spring football, like you can get that out your mind, bro. That's that's not happening. Right. But so this 2020 season, 2020, 2021 season, essentially being gone in all major college sports with the, with not only the season being gone, but the eligibility issues that are going to come with that, the fact that these kids are, were going to be forced to play with substandard, uh, you know, situations, no plan in place, and not to get paid. The all the fights they fought, they all the fight they've been fighting for all these years. Do you think this year could be the year that leads to a new entity that will take over and usurp the NCAA and allow these kids to be paid and not be amateurs anymore? Ooh, well, all right. So now, first up, like the Power Five conferences. There were never rumors that well, there have been rumors for a long time that they were that they would just eventually just break off and do their own thing. It would make sense. Um now I guess the reason they haven't well because well they need they need the NCAA infrastructure like to to set up the bowl games and the basketball tournament and all that kind of stuff and to deal with TV networks and all of that. Um now, honestly, I don't think it's going to happen, though, because, well, this is another thing that's been exposed by the, the pandemic, basically, is that the conferences are – they have, you know, incompetent leadership also, and yeah. so do a lot of the schools. And, again, everybody was just – nobody expected this to happen. So everybody was – everybody was just operating on the premise that – we're always going to be open. We're always going to be running. We're always going to be having games. And we're always going to be having the money coming in. So nobody stopped to think about what happens if something goes down where we have to not have a season, right? Like, you know, nobody thought about that, right? And that's, I mean, that's a big reason why they, they're taking so long to cancel the seasons because, you know, like people are just – well, some of these conferences, they're, you know, they're doing everything. They're trying to do everything they can to come up with some way to have a season because otherwise they don't know what the hell to do. <laughs> That's fact. And so the Big Ten and the Pac-10, you know, they went first and they said, you know, and, and I mean, it's August. They should have made that decision a long time ago because. Well, it's, I, blame, I, blame, I blame the NFL because yeah. they were probably trying to wait for the NFL. Well, yeah, and then and the NFL was waiting. The NFL was on the well. We hope it, everything will all be better come July and August plan, because again, every other time we've had one of these diseases, you know, whether it's 
SARS or bird flu or whatever, it's gotten handled. It's gotten handled pretty quickly. But of course, we have people in the White House now who are completely incompetent when it comes to dealing with this kind of stuff and who removed, you know, a lot of their preventive, you know, infrastructure or whatever. So we didn't have any preventive measures in place. So, look, I mean, under any, and this is not a Democrat Republican thing either, because I mean, the Bush administration handled stuff too, right? I mean, it's just previously, you know, the the people were in place and the infrastructure was in place to catch this stuff in the early stages so it didn't break out like this. So under any it would have been contained a lot better. It wouldn't have got as bad as it did. And you know, maybe we would have had to you know, put in a few restrictions here or there, but not like we're doing now, not like we had to now. So they would have probably, you know, open up and run with no problem by now. And it's it's a multifaceted issue, though, man. It's it's not as simple as just the just the government. That's the biggest part of it. But the government has nothing to do with. Well, not, I'm not gonna say it has nothing to do. It's not completely the government's fault that society are idiots and they feel empowered to do whatever they want. Right. You know, so you can watch TV and yes, that'll give you the idea not to do nothing. Media is perpetuating a lot of it too. Yeah. But it's just a comedy of our errors. And the reason I say that is because all the other countries have struggled just as hard as we have. The problem is they stop spiking. We've continued to spike. Every country that's dealt with it had an outbreak, didn't know what to do, figured it out, handled business, and then things calmed down. We're just the idiots that ain't that's never stopped coming down. Yeah. So like it, you know, it's it. This was this was the forgive my my verbiage, but this was the perfect storm. Well, absolutely, yeah. Um, because I mean, well, we've always had the idiots, but. You know, if the we have the wrong government right now for a country full of idiots, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's a that's a very good point. I mean, that's the that's the problem. I mean, like you either have to have a smart enough, you know, populace that will do what you know that will do what's necessary without having to be you know pushed or prodded by the government. Or you have to have a government that's competent enough to handle stuff, so so that the people never really have to make any decisions. I mean, you got to have one or the other. And right now, we don't have we have we don't have either one right now. <laughs> and that's why everything's as much of a mess as it is. And hey, but we the people though, right? Yeah, and um, and I guess what I mean the other thing is that. You know, coming out of this, one thing that should, you know, coming out of this this era, basically, is people need to stop believing that just because somebody has made a lot of money that they actually are all that smart. Because we're seeing that that's not true. Right? I mean, these the athletic directors aren't really acting that smart. The team owners aren't really acting that smart. Um, 
you know, people in government aren't acting that smart, and then regular people aren't. I mean, just I mean, those NFL owners with all that money they made, and what that's supposed to represent that you know, you know, them having made all that money is supposed to mean that they're really smart at what they do, or that they're smarter people. That's that's what they want you to believe. That hey, I'm you know, that one of the reasons I've made all this money is because I'm smarter than everyone else. And we're finding out, man. Look, and we're finding out that's not true. I <laughs> mean, right? I mean, well, intelligence is both you and I. I think are, fair, are fairly intelligent people, but intelligence does not eliminate the other stuff. There are people out here that are geniuses on the umpteenth level that can't or won't do nothing because they don't have the other attributes necessary to be successful. Hard work, low luck, low ca having capital. Like, it's, it takes so much. So, yeah, these people may be smart. Just because you're smart in business or just because you're smart in football or just because you're smart in getting a profit don't mean you're smart in these other grounds. And, like, that's shown its ugly head very strongly in these past six months. Oh, well, yeah, because, um, like, well, like, if you look at the NBA, all right, you know, they jumped on everything. They jumped on it from the beginning, right? They, I mean, they they shut the season down immediately after, um, I forgot dude's name. Gobert? Yeah, after, yeah. After, Where did Gobert? Yeah, I mean, so they shut everything down, and they immediately, you know, started working on a plan to be able to finish the season. And they didn't, you know, they didn't wait for anybody. They didn't, you know, they didn't wait for anybody to make things all better. They just, they came up with a plan. They got everybody on board and they, you know, and they went with it. Same with, you know, NHL and MLS and, you know, all the, all the leagues that are running successfully all did the same thing. They looked at the situation and they said, okay, we got, we got to come up with a plan to deal with this. And then you look at the NFL and you look at college football and in, both of them in particular, you know, they, they, they played the, well, it'll be, it'll be better by the summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope, I hope we'll be good come, come August, September. Yeah. And, you know, and because, you know, every other time we've had a, you know, outbreak or whatever, it's always been better by then. So, you know, we'll be okay. And that hasn't happened. So now they're all stuck, you know, and, um, well, I think look, college sports aren't going to be the same after this because either they either got to maintain the, you know, the system by any means necessary, and to maintain the system, they need to not have a season. Yeah, because if you don't have a season, you don't have to change anything. So, yep. In order to maintain the system, but the problem is, of course, if they don't have a season, they don't get any money. Yep. So the very thing they need is is the thing that's going to end up shooting them in the foot. It's it's. But talk about it is beautiful irony right now. In this situation. It is. It is. So hilarious irony. It is. And I'm just. It's real interesting. It's like, like, what are they going to do? Like, what decision are they? Because again, like Big Ten and Pac-12 both said no season. I mean, SEC is they're holding on and holding on and holding on. Um, 
ACC, same thing. They're holding on and holding on. And now you live in Big 12 country. Big 12 has been pretty cool, yeah. actually. You know, as far as talking about this stuff, are they saying anything locally? I, they're not, I haven't heard anything in terms of something concrete. I mean, of course, all options are on the table. But the game was changed yesterday or today or whatever, today or yesterday, whatever day it was. The game was changed when Pac-12 and Big Ten were like, nah, we're good. So, like, even if the Big 12 were, was planning on having a season, even if they were planning on just doing, because originally the plan was all of the major the Power 5 conferences were going to do all conference games. Cool. Even if they planned on that. What's the point of even doing that if you can't have bowl games or there's going to be no champion, or there's no goal at the end of the season? College football is not college football is not built to end its season on a conference championship because conference championships, there were years the conference champion who wins the championship don't even go to the national championship game. Right. Right. There, there were games where the conference champion, there's a, the team that wins the conference championship, gets passed up by the team that, that 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 they beat because they had a higher ranking because it's arbitrary rankings made by six, seven, eight, nine people in a row. So, what is the point of even doing this if there is no end game? There's no end game for the season. Once, if if they were to do it, if they played eight games, why? What will that do for you at the end of the season? And what money will that really resonate? Because are people gonna do people love football that much just to watch it exhibitionally? The proof is in the pudding. They don't. Because spring football's never worked. Right? True. true. Preseason football doesn't do great numbers. Secondary leagues don't do great numbers. True. So and and unless we're talking power five conferences. All the other conferences don't do national numbers. They do regional numbers. So what's the point? It's all a waste now. The I feel like the Big Ten and Pac-12 basically shut the they, – they turn the power off and are just waiting for these people to get out the door. Because there's no re, – there's, there's, no, there's no incentive for the teams, for the colleges, and especially for the students to go and waste their time playing this – Arbitrary season. No, you're right. So and uh, yeah, yeah. Because I was I was watching uh, ESPN and they uh, you know they had uh, Howard Feinbaum on there, right? And he you know and he's been talking to you know some higher up people, a lot of different schools. You know, some, yeah. He, if, if anybody knew, he would know. Yeah. yeah, and and he said just very, just he was very blunt. He was like, look, they told me straight up that, you know, their medical people said y'all should have shouldn't play at all. <laughs> right. I mean, not, you know, not, well, well if you do this, maybe if we, well, if we try this, maybe this. Like they've said straight up, like, look, man, look, y'all just should not play. And so that's what the medical people are telling all the colleges. And so now it's, you know, the conferences and the coaches and whatnot are, trying to find some way to finagle it so that basically they can convince people that it's okay to play. <laughs> and Well, I heard a quote this morning 
that Jim Harbaugh said, and forgive me for paraphrasing the quote, because I don't remember it specifically, but essentially he said, if you would have asked me before, I would have been worried, but I am confident as of today, there would be no problems if you played college football. Bro, you lying. Oh, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You ain't got a lot of kicks. <laughs> you ain't got a lot of kicks. <laughs> I mean, it's um, – Right, and then now, now the way they, now the way the coaches explain it, they'll say that you know we have a controlled environment here, we have more testing here, and that's better than being at home, where your living conditions may not be conducive to, you know, isolation, and you're not getting, you know, you may not have access to testing or any type of, you know, rapid testing. So, I mean, that's that would be their explanation. But, of course, all that's going on okay. right now where there are no students on campus. Well, well, that and the irony is if they got paid like they like they deserve to be paid, you wouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah. I mean, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the coaches – and the, honestly, I think the coaches are lying to themselves too because – they're used to finding a way to make every last one of them. They have the mentality that you know we're going to push through and we're going to find a way and we're going to make this work. And that's all they that's all they know, right? I mean, that's why you hear some of these just this kind of ridiculous quotes like from like Davo Sweeney and Mike Gundy, you know, you know talking about well, we have courage and we're going to you know, man, we're not going to be afraid, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I look I always say, look, you don't have to be afraid to get your ass kicked, okay? I mean <laughs> <laughs> that's that's facts. Fear fear isn't what makes bad things happen. Bad things make bad things happen. So you can miss with all that nonsense, man. I mean, look, you can be brave or you can be scared, it doesn't matter. I mean right. But uh, you know, but that's all they know. I mean I mean just like in you know, the players you know, I mean, you got to protect the players from themselves because the players are going to want to get on the field. Players always want to play. And they always want to find a way to get on the field and play. You know, so you, you got to go. You know, um, and what's been happening here is that, you know, the coaches and all these folks, they're not protecting the players from themselves. And I think they, they were hoping that the players would, that if they could just, if they could come up with something, some type of system, even if it, even if it was just completely just flimsy BS, I think they were hoping that if they came up with something, they could tell the players and say, "See, we're gonna do this, and we're gonna be okay." That the players would just go along with it because they want to go play, and that hasn't happened for the first time ever. The players basically are like, "Well, now nah, we don't trust you, dude." <laughs> <laughs> yep. If the players ever got got smartened up and realized we have the power. They get anything they wanted. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, um, and, you know, look, I mean, the schools are afraid of that. They're really afraid of it right now. And that's why they're stuck because, you know, I mean, the best way to shut down the labor movement is to not have a season this year. But, like we're saying, they need the money. So, you know, I think, I mean, they're going to, well, they're going to have to come to the table and, give up something, you know, and 
So what, what they're going to do between now and then is figure out just what it is they will going to give up. Yeah, yeah, it, they're, they're gonna. It's it, they got a. They have a lot of. They have a lot of, for lack of a better term, soul searching to do. But the beauty is, you got a full calendar year, bro, because you're not gonna have a season. So take all the time you need. And um, if you know, look, if they keep, you know, if they keep carrying like they are, what's gonna happen is, is, is as soon as people. You know, have a you know as soon as you get a certain as soon as you get a high draft number, you know projected draft number, they're gonna stop playing. Like Trevor Lawrence is gone. Trevor Lawrence ain't coming back. You know, it, yeah, I mean, nor should he because they're not gonna have a season in the fall. And if they try to have a season in the spring, he's not gonna play it in because the draft is in April or May, so he's not gonna risk it. And you know, and that's a whole you know, that's a whole other thing because on the football side, they they don't want to you know they don't want an NBA situation where guys are leaving after a year or whatever. They don't want that. But if you don't make it worth people's while to stay the three years, then that's what's going to happen. And right now. You know, if you have high draft stock right now, it is not in your best interest to play at all. Man, go go further. If you have any potential of being a regular player in the NFL, it doesn't behoove you to, to, to play. It doesn't. You're right. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. So, maybe that's just me. No, you're not. You're right, because – I mean, even like if you catch it and recover, right? I mean, there's still people got long term damage that might affect your ability to play at the next level. So, no, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to be there and take that risk. It really isn't. And I mean, I look now, obviously, when you go out there any other time, you're taking the risk of blowing out your knee or, you know, getting concussions or whatever, but that's just, you know, that kind of, that's an accepted risk. This is, Prepared risk. this is a whole different, for that. this is a whole different other thing. <laughs> and yeah, but they're essentially telling you, well, they, 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 they try to get away with telling the players, with, they try to get away with getting the players to treat coronavirus like it's a sprained ankle, you know, like, yeah. like it's just, it, it's a thing that happens. Right. And except that this is not that. It's cool. So, look, I mean, coronavirus, like a sprained ankle. That's so true. Yeah, because of, I mean, because, you know, they wanted to get these dudes to get back on the field. And, but finally something came along that, you know, made the players realize, you know, because I mean, people are scared. You know, I mean, I mean, they could like, I mean, like, it was like movie theaters. Look, they can open up all the movie theaters they want to. I'm not going back there right now. Hmm. So, I mean, you have something here that actually has people scared, or the ones that are paying attention anyway. Yep. So it's not enough. Yeah. So you can't just tell me that, hey, man, just show up and we're going to be okay. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not gonna work this Yeah. So it's just it's, it's just a whole different thing. I mean and um and who, who knows when it's gonna be okay to actually play football again. I mean, because Oh God, no telling. I mean now they do have they have time now to figure out something next year. I mean, both you know, college and pro. But you know, now we'll see what now. What do you think the NFL is going to do? You think the NFL is going to try to power through? Or you think they're going to eventually pull the plug too? No, the NFL is going to power through because there's a lot more money in the league, and the players get paid, so they have the players have incentive to play. Yeah, that's what I think. And they have a reason. They have a reason to want to play, and that's the sad thing about the NFL as a players' union is the NFL players' union has little to no leverage because in anything. I don't know why they should have the most leverage, but they have basically none. Um, so their contracts aren't guaranteed. So if they don't play, the teams could essentially void their contracts. So like. They need to play or they need to go to arbitration. And I don't know if they can go to arbitration in time enough to to get them get the money that they want or that that they do that they have signed for. So they're gonna have to play. Yeah. And um I guess with the what the what works against the NFL players also is that their careers are so much shorter. So they gotta get yeah. they gotta get what money is is there. Right now, yeah, you don't have a guaranteed fifteen years to stack up. You might only have three. Yeah, good point. So they're always behind the eight ball. So I, I think I think they're going they're going to try to power through. Now they might have to. I don't think they're going to get sixteen games. I think they you know they might either have to cut it short, or they might have to start late, or they might have to shut down for a couple of weeks. It, you know, in the middle of it or something. I don't. I don't think they're gonna just make it straight through sixteen games, and then do the playoffs. I mean, it's, you know, there's gonna be some. There's gonna be some problems along the way. But I think they're, yeah. You know, I mean, they're gonna do everything they can to power through it. Yeah, but they have the luxury of sitting back and watching all the mistakes that everybody else has made. So it's guaranteed something's gonna happen. But at least they have the best opportunity to have a chance to correct the mistakes before them because they've seen everybody else make them. They've seen the mistakes that baseball's made. They've seen the mistakes that soccer's made. They've seen the mistakes and the good things that base, that basketball and hockey have made. So while in, the sport inherently isn't it's probably too big for a bubble, they can still – they well, they should theoretically still have a good chance to make smarter decisions, you know. So we'll we'll see how they do that. We we just talked about how people aren't as smart as they think they are, and just because you're smart in one thing, don't mean you're smart in another. But uh, I just I I just know that money talks. I mean, like like I like the like I quoted the modern philosopher and poet laureate Tresh from Mighty by Nature, Ching Ching Bling Bling, cut the chatter. 
<laughs> you ain't talking money, then you're talking don't matter. Ching, ching, bling, bling, padded pockets. You ain't got to duck it, and can a damn thing stop it? Like, it's money. Yeah. That's, that's money runs all, bro. So, no league makes like no, no league makes money like the NFL. That's true. Yeah, I mean, that's so true. And they're going to be the most interesting one to really look at here because, like I said, they're, they're not going to stop. And I think they're all going to have some bumps along the way, but you know, they're going to push through as best as they can. And then, you know, I guess in the, uh, something I saw suggested today uh, that they might do if there ends up being no college football like we expect, you know, that they might even start put a few games on Saturdays. You know. Um, yeah, and Fridays too. I've heard Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. I mean, why not? They, I mean, exactly. I mean, so it's it's, it's an interesting time of the man, for real. And technically, if you do Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you can do a bubble. Do you could do maybe four bubbles, run games, you know, and run games every uh, run games. Maybe Friday morning, Friday. You could because you know we have games three times uh, three times a day anyway. True. You can run them. How you you can run them that way, and then maybe the winners of every bubble play in a playoff. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. New Orleans is hurting right now. I mean, the gamblers, man, because <laughs> because I mean, college football. That's I mean, you're talking like. Maybe with like fifty games every weekend, you know, across all the divisions and all that. <laughs> More than that, bro. Yeah, there's a there was a last I checked, there was a hundred and twenty nine Division One teams. Yeah, or something like that. So yeah, much more than fifty games. Yeah. Yes. So who knows what kind of pressure they're gonna be with? And and yeah, man. So just man, there's a whole a whole lot there, and we well, and a whole lot to unfold, and we're going. Like I said, we'll, we'll see how it's going to go, man. And it's just some you know strange strange times we're in for real. Well, look, I'm not gonna hold yeah. you no longer. Yeah, look, I said 20 minutes. We we we've gone almost an hour now. <laughs> but that ain't that's fine though. We have a. Oh, always time for good conversation, man. For real. So, yes, sir. Thank you for coming on, my man, and tell everybody where they can find you. I appreciate you for having me, man. I'm at It's Ray Cash on uh, Twitter at It's Ray Cash R E Y as in Mysterio, C A S H as in dollars. Please don't forget Black Lives Matter. And I think today would be a pretty cool day for Brianna Taylor's killers to be arrested. Absolutely. I would like that. That would that would really make my day. So again, everybody, Ray Cash, everybody, first guest on the show here ever, and God willing, he will be back. And oh yeah, that wraps up this longer than usual segment. And so I'm gonna play a little music for you, and then I'll be back to talk to you myself some more. Be back in a minute. Thank you.
was a fiend Before I became a teen I melted microphones instead of cones and ice cream Music orientated So when hip-hop was originated Fitted like pieces of puzzles Fit complicated Cause I grab the mic and try to say yes, y'all They try to take it And say that I'm too small Cool Cause I don't get upset I kick a hole in the speaker Pull a plug Then I jet Back to the lab Without a mic to grab So then I add all the rhymes I had One after the other one Then I make another one To diss the opposite Then ask if the brother's done I get a craving like I fiend for nicotine But I don't need a cigarette Know what I mean? I'm raging Keeping up the stage And don't it sound amazing Cause every rhyme is made in thought of Cause it's sort of an addiction Magnetized Magnetized Vocals, vocabulary, and verses just stuck in The mic is a drain, no Volcanoes erupting Rhymes overflowing Gradually growing Everything is written in the code So it can coincide My thoughts are God 48 tracks to slide The invincible microphone Fiend rock him Spread the word For some N E F F E C T A smooth operator Operating correctly But back to the problem Back out of habit You can't solve it Silly Habit, the prescription is a hypertone That's when I feed for a microphone Like heroin, soon as the bass kicks I need a fix, give me a stage and a mic and a mix And I'll put you in a mood Or is it a state of unawareness right, Thanks again, Ray Great conversation and hope to have him back sometime in the future Now since we recorded that There have been some developments and some of the other college football conferences, namely Big 12, they announced that they are planning to proceed with the season. And they also are basically lying and saying that they consulted with their doctors and all and that they were told it wouldn't be a problem, which is a load of shit. Because I'm a big... 10 and the Pac-12 consulted with all their medical people and were told, don't do it. So, yeah, I mean, Big 12, they, they, they not, they not telling y'all the truth here, okay? The truth of the matter, the truth of the matter is that they're making a money decision and they had decided that, you know, the TV money from having games, you know, is enough to warrant the risks and you know the risks are that players get sick and develop some long-term health problems or possibly die from coronavirus and they have decided that that is a risk worth taking in order to get the tv money that is all there is to it don't let any of these presidents or coaches or whatever fool you into believing something different it ain't no safer out there now than it was last week. And there are already plenty of other schools that, that came to the conclusion that the risk was too high, be it to health or possible financial liability. That all right, plenty of people already decided that the risk is too high. It ain't worth it, so they're not doing it. And now the Big 12 is telling you something different. That, 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 well, that their doctors said differently. Their doctor said it was okay. And I bet if you were to actually go find these doctors and shoot them up truth serum, they would tell you they didn't like hell I did. I mean, or they, you know, or, well, they might have come up with some 
kind of bullshit explanation or something, but I'm not buying it. You shouldn't buy it either. You know, I mean, basically, look, the players want to play because players always want to play. The coaches want to coach because coaches always want to coach. And the coaches also want to get their coaching money, incentives, and whatnot. All right. That's all there is to it with that. And the, the college presidents, the conference people and all that, they want to get their TV money. That's all there is to it. And that's it. You know, like, in, like uh, Ray and I talked about, you know, on the other side of that is, you know, they kind of want to blunt this labor movement that's starting to grow amongst the players. And, you know, I said before that, you know, the one of the best ways to do that would just be to not have a season so you don't have to deal with them. But of course the other way to the the other way is to have your season and just you know, once the games start going, just you can just try to force them to, you know, table it basically. Because, you know, once the season gets started, people will be occupied with practice and games and all that stuff. And then, you know, if you can get them to just kind of forget about it, at least that's probably what they're thinking. Then, once they get back to business as usual, then, you know, it's an easier way to crush the labor movement by just, you know, preoccupying them with games and practice and all of that. So it's, look, that's what they're trying to do. And don't believe anything else. It's not about, oh, we found a way to do it safe. No, you didn't. And look, some of these schools like Texas are saying they're going to have like, you know, 5% of the students on campus, which, I mean, basically that just gives away the game as far as the the legitimacy of the whole amateurism thing, right? If you're only going to have, if you're mainly just going to house the athletes on campus for the sake of having the games, then this, this, that's not amateurism, okay? It's a business, and you should pay the guys. Period. And look, you basically get some hazard pay now from you having to do this with coronavirus, but they, you know, um, they're not getting that. And look, the NCAA is hell-bent on maintaining the system that exists. And in order to do that, you either have to, you know, try to crush the labor movement that's starting to build up or you have to kind of run the clock out on them. So I think what I think they're going to try to crush them here because you know just by simply again by preoccupying them with stuff. And I think you know they're going to try to blunt this thing that way and they're going to try to get their TV money. And you have people like, you know, idiots like Lou Holtz saying that you know, what's the matter with society now, you know? Back in my day, we stormed the beach of Normandy. We knew there were going to be casualties, and, and we just did it anyway. And, I mean, he's basically saying that your kids are worth sacrificing in the name of playing some football games. All right, I mean, he sounds like, uh, you know, Ebony Maw, the guy who from the Infinity War who would walk out there in front of Thanos and be like, you know, rejoice, even in the, you rejoice in your suffering, even in death you become children of Thanos. <laughs> so I mean, basically, he's saying, you know, rejoice in your suffering, even if you die, you will become children of college football, right? I mean, that's what he's saying here. It's really just 
preposterous or whatever the word is. <laughs> I mean, and I just, you know, if, if one of my, if one of my kids was of age to be playing college football and if they were playing, there's no way in hell I would send them back to play under these conditions. And you shouldn't either. If, if, if one of your kids is a college football player, you shouldn't send them back or let them go back either. All right. It's crazy and it's ridiculous and it's just dumb. And they're telling you that your kids are worth throwing in the meat grinder. You know, so that, so that some other folks, you know, coaches, college presidents, networks can make some money. And I'm not here for that. I'm sorry. So, you know, Big 12, y'all can go find a big lake to jump in and sink to the bottom. Right, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Because y'all ain't looking out for nobody but yourselves. And that's real. All right, be back in a minute. As you hear it, pump up the volume. Dance with the speaker till you hear it blow. Then plug in a headphone, cause here we go. It's a full letter word when it's heard of control. Your body to dance. So, dot text the tempo like a red alert. Reach it to reflex and let it work. When this is playing, you can't get stuck with the steps. So, can say, and I'ma still come up with a get to be swift. Follow the leader, the rhyme ago. Death with the record that was mixed a long time ago. It could be done, but only I could do it. For those that can dance and clap your hands to it. When I'm writing, I'm trapped in between the line I escape. When I finish the rhyme, I got soul, 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 soul. You got it, you got it, you got it, you got it, you this was pretty much all college football. <laughs> um, as far as other things, well, I did see a story that uh, AMC Movie Theaters is opening on August 20th for 15 cents a ticket. Anybody's interested? Okay, who's not interested? Me. <laughs> Look, I've told y'all a million times, not going to nobody's movie theater. And not for 15 cents. Not for you paying me to go right now so for those of y'all who are going to take advantage of the 15 cent tickets have fun may the odds ever be in your favor and you will not see me there no not happening sorry I mean and look I like movie theaters I miss you know going to the movie theater to see some things uh but I can, I'm perfectly fine waiting until it is totally safe to go and not get COVID-19. Um, the thing I really do miss though, I miss, I miss live music more than anything else. Like going to see live music is to me, it's just the, the best because, you know, they don't play everything the same way. 
you know, you get different, you know, different instrumentation, maybe different type of guitar, or they might put a piano in or a horn or something, right, that they didn't do on the original version. You might sing it a different way, you know, might get up there and, you know, cover somebody else's songs, all that type of stuff. That's the kind of stuff you get at, like, live concerts that you don't get just listening to a CD or streaming or whatever. So, I mean, I do miss that a lot. Now, I don't miss it enough to go see Smash Mouth like some of these folks did over the weekend. <laughs> you know, I don't miss it that much. But if they can find a reasonable, you know, safe social distancing kind of way to do concerts, I'll probably be back at one of those before the movie theater. And actually, they had one in the UK. Um, they had like some chairs on some platforms that were like six feet apart and all that. And but we'll see how that turns out, right? I mean, I let somebody else try it first before I do it. But if it turns out okay and they start doing that here, then hey, maybe. But all that being said, that's it for this week. Um, like I said, we went heavy on one subject, but. Yeah, I thought it was a it was a good time. So thanks again to Ray Cash. Find him at Chair Shot Media, uh, the Outsiders Edge, and Three Man Weave. Hope to have him back again sometime soon. And as for all of you guys, as always, stay home as much as you can, stay safe as you can, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. God bless you guys. Talk to you next week. And Eric B. and Rockin will take us home. Follow procedures. The crowd couldn't wait to see this. Nobody's been much longer waited since Jesus. Who wouldn't believe this? I heard the word on the street is I'm still one of the deepest on the mic since Adidas. They said I changed the times from the rhymes that I thought of. So I made some order, put the new world in order. With mathematics, put your status above the average. And help you rappers make paragraphs with graphics. Cause new days is dawning, new ways of performing. Brainstorming, I write and watch the night turn to morning. On and on it, I got the whole world responding. I keep it hot, blow the spot without warning The Emperor, well known for inventing a sentence Full of adventure, turning up the temperature Rush with adrenaline How long has it been again to be in the state of mind that Rock Kim is in? It's been a long time Rock Kim, the microphone solo It's been a long time Rock Kim